Welcome back to Crossing the Jordan. I pray that you're all doing wonderful. I miss you guys. It has been a while since we've recorded, but uh, and we're we're you know we're going to continue our topic of salvation. We're going to pick it back up here soon. But on this special episode, I felt it on my heart just to do a special Father's Day episode of just sharing what I, all I've learned in just in a few quick months of being a father and what it is. Yeah, what God has just taught me through all of this has been amazing. He's been wrecking me. So, uh, but first and foremost, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, to all the people who are father-like figures and. Uh, to all of our priests. Thank you for your beautiful fatherhood. Um, and unfortunately, I, hey, we're still getting it done, but we this is, by the time I got around to actually recording this, it is happy belated Father's Day. But still wanted to do this episode because just wanted to share uh, just all the things that God has taught me in a very short amount of time. So Napoli and I, we celebrated Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, um, by welcoming in our beautiful daughter, Zelie Marie. And Zelie is named after St. Therese of Lisieux's mom, who's also a saint, St. Zelie. And her middle name, Marie, obviously after our Blessed Mother. So it's been 11 weeks since Napoli and I welcomed in and actually got to meet our uh, little girl, our beautiful Zelie Marie. So in that, in that 11 weeks, we have learned so much. But before I get into more of just like what I've learned as a father, two quick things. One, life is a pure gift. Truly, it is a miracle. Every single human being that we pass, it is truly a miracle how life happens. <laughs> it is a pure gift from God. It is so beautiful. It's so cherished. And just, uh, you know, like just to be able to reflect that even just on the goodness of humanity that God has made, it's truly a miracle and beautiful. And then uh, most importantly, Shout out to all the baby mamas. <laughs> you guys are incredible. Moms are on a whole nother level. <clears throat> Me as a dad, I basically sleep fully every single night thinking that everybody's sleeping uh, through the whole night. That's not the case. Uh, mom is getting up a lot <laughs> with baby or, you know, they're, they're, yeah, moms are just absolutely incredible. You guys are superheroes for real. And uh, just wanted to say shout out to all the baby mamas out there <laughs> because it is truly uh, incredible and also a miracle of all the things that moms do for, for children. It's so beautiful to watch. So, um, yeah, so on this, you know, 11 weeks since we've had, we've welcomed in Zelly Marie and in that 11 weeks, God has taught me a ton. So that's what I wanted to talk about. And he's taught me a ton about being a father and truly what it's like to be a child of God. And so we're going to talk about that, but, um, and we talked about this before, but, uh, God has revealed himself first and foremost, in the fullness of time in Jesus Christ as the perfect father and as the perfect bridegroom. So the perfect father, we're, we're his children, and he is the perfect bridegroom, and we are the bride, his church. And that is the foundation relationship to all of life, is a husband and a wife and children and parents to their children, right? That is the foundation, central piece of all of life even on a natural level. But even on a natural level, in the Christian life, it's supposed to reflect the supernatural love of God to his church and God to his children. Um, so marriage is supposed to reflect that love of Jesus to the church. And that's why it's so important us as, uh, us as parents in order to, first and foremost, to show our kids how much mommy and daddy love each other, how much daddy protects, loves, cares for, provides, and is gentle, generous with with mommy, you know, to lo to show that love of Jesus, because that's the first thing that they're going to see is what love is like is between mom and dad. And if they're, if they see a broken relationship, which we're broken people, that's why we need Jesus's grace. But 
when they see that, if they see like a broken marriage, like it's, you know, they're, that's their first reflection of love. So I believe, I full, fully believe in my heart that the first and first and foremost thing in a, in, in a family is that their children, that the children see how much mommy and daddy love each other more than, even more so than how they love the kids. Because our time, frankly, is more towards, you know, Zelly right now. Um, but being able to, even within that time, put an emphasis on our marriage. And I think everybody should do that. But again, that was just a little tidbit right there, but this is not an episode about marriage or uh, the relationship of bridegroom to bride. This is about father and child. So, but I just wanted to mention that is just like, it is so beautiful and the foundation right there is in our marriage to, to prioritize the marriage to, um, cause that is our first vocation. That is our first, uh, you know, our first gospel message, right? Um, so, but as, uh, as a father, we, we reflect the image of God. And this is why fatherhood is so important because it's what God has revealed himself to be. And so when our image of our earthly fathers are damaged, <clears throat> typically our entire image of our heavenly father is damaged. And this is what we see, like we do a lot of inner healing through Encounter Ministries. And that's what we see a lot when we do inner healing is that people, their image of God and how they relate to God, especially as father, God is my father but then they have a broken relationship with their father. And so they, they received what they received, what they, what they had from these wounds and everything from their childhood, from their father carries over to what they believe and how they view God, the father. Um, and this is, this is so central because Jesus came to reveal the father. He only did what he saw his father doing. He said, and what we see in Jesus, when we see Jesus, we see the father, right? He's perfect goodness, perfect mercy, truth, compassion. He's right there with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never abandon us. He runs to us to forgive us. He's always in pursuit of us. And so that's why fatherhood is so important is that we reflect that to our children because we're going to be the first ones how they know the love of God. Does my daddy, when I like tug on his pants, if I need him, you know, is he going to come to me? Is he gentle? Is he, does he, you know, make me feel like I have to work and to earn his love or to earn his his, uh, his approval. No, like you are my son. You are my daughter. You are, you are mine, no matter what unconditional love. And that's what the father has for us. And, and so, uh, we see this all throughout scripture, right? So Jesus says at the end of John, I'm ascending to my father and your father. And he teaches us the, our father, which is crazy because even in a Jewish context, well, God was the God of our fathers, right? So he was the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and he was, and, and Moses, he was the, the God of our fathers, but he wasn't our father, <laughs> you know? Only a, in the Christian uh, life can we call God our father because of what Jesus has revealed, us as children. And so Jesus has revealed us as children and God as the perfect father. And the apostles picked this up. St. Paul in Ephesians 3, 3, 14 through 15, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And I heard recently from Scott Hahn in his podcast uh, that the, the a better translation for the term family there, the word family, when he says from whom every family, is actually fatherhood. So from whom every fatherhood in heaven and on earth is named. So as fathers, we participate in the fatherhood of God. That's what priests do. And that's why um, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 4 through 4.15, he talks tells the Corinthians that, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel, right? That's why priests are father figures because they, re, they show the father's heart just as Jesus did. 
And then the Apostle James in his letter, in James 1.17, he says, Every good endowment and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So he talks about the Father. And then uh, St. Paul in Romans 8.15 and Galatians 4.6, he says that the Holy Spirit's been poured into our, heart, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And Abba is like a, ten, like a daddy, like a tender father that we cry out to. So, um, so from all this, like first and foremost, just as a heart of a father, just being able to participate in the fatherhood of God and to be able to reveal God's heart to my children like that, that they're going to know that Zelly is going to know God's love for them by the way that I treat her, the way that I love her. And so just that's, that's one thing that has been taught to me by God as being a new father of just the heart of the father. Um, the very first day that Zelly arrived, she was so responsive to my my voice and Napoli's voice. And now this is this is also because Napoli would you know we would you know Napoli did a, a very intentional um, you know praying with her, doing praise and worship with her, talking to her, and so she was the one kind of leading us to that. Like before she was even born, we would talk to Zelly. Um, but day one and day two of her being born on Easter Sunday. She, is, she would be crying. As soon as she heard our voice, she would be completely calm. A nurse actually said, you know, I've seen a lot of babies react to their father's voice, but nothing as powerful as this. <laughs> it was amazing. And when, when that happened, it really reminded me of what Jesus said in John 10, 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me because it's second nature. Who you belong to is who you hear and who you hear and who you belong to is who you follow. So it really hit me of like, this is, you know, I believe like partially of what Christ was saying is like a child hears a parent's voice just as we as disciples hear his voice and we follow him. We know him. He knows us and I know Zelly. So it was just a beautiful uh, moment of that. And then, uh, you know, one of our first nights home, just like praying and just reflecting with Zelly in my arms, I really felt God just put Psalm 23 on my heart, you know, um, that he leads to restful waters and to green pastures and like, I felt like the father is showing me of like, like, yes, he does that for me. And he does that ultimately for Zelly and for everybody. But we as stewards of his gift, especially the gift of fatherhood, this is what I'm called to do is to lead my children to the restful waters, to green pastures, you know, to be the one who provides the one that um, is there um, constantly leading, guiding, being gentle just as the father is to us. So it was just so beautiful. So that's what I've learned as a father, just participating in the heart of the father. But most profoundly, and this is kind of even more so what I want to talk about now is just truly Zelly within 11 weeks of just her being her, being a little tiny baby that, that smiles and laughs, which she was doing from like day, like day one, she was like, had this beautiful these smile, this smile in her dimple. She's such a, an incredible, incredible baby. Uh, but now she's like laughing. She's like making, you know, she's trying to talk and making noises and she's such a sweet girl and she's so smart. It is amazing. This little girl, Zelly, who's just smiling, laughing, sleeping, pooping, getting a diaper changed. She has taught me so much on what it is truly like to be a child of God and the different aspects of being a child, um, both in infancy, but also she's made me reflect on just like how I grew up and how I like Napoli and I want to raise her. So just the different stages of being a child, right? Um, first and foremost, as an infant, Jesus praises children for one. He, he praises the childlike. He does, so like a, 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 the, the Christian life is to be childlike, but not childish, right? 
But Jesus praises children. And we even see in uh, Luke 18 that he praises infants. And this is one of the very many, many reasons why we baptize infants. And it's a short little part of Luke 18, Luke 18, 15 through 17. It says, Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. So they saw, you know, people bringing infants and they're like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Well, Jesus says, yeah, that is going to happen because he says, but Jesus called them to him and saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So it's just so beautiful that like Jesus praises children, the childlike And in here, he praises infants. Why? Why does he do this? Because a child is pure, innocent. They trust and just intrinsically, they trust their parents. They're humble inherently as well because they are completely dependent upon their parents. And they have in themselves all the things that Christ says that we need to enter the kingdom of God, you know, like uh, besides baptism, being born of water and spirit, but to be a child, to be pure, to be innocent, to be humble. That's what an infant is. They're, they're children. Um, and so uh, Zelie was born on Easter on that April 4th. And then on May 1st, she was baptized into the Chaldean rite. And on May 1st, it was the first Saturday of the month of Mary. It was St. Joseph the Worker Feast Day. And actually the, the baptism and confirmation needed to be uh, moved to the chapel, which was St. Joseph's Chapel. And so she was baptized on May 1st. And in the Chaldean rite, they're baptized and confirmed. So uh, she received baptism and confirmation. And it's been so beautiful. God has taught me about the sacraments through her. Um, you know, at the end of the Eucharistic discourse in John 6, Jesus says in John six sixty three, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. And man, has that been the case of just seeing a little tiny infant, like little Zelly, uh, receiving the Holy Spirit and living a life by grace right? We need the Holy Spirit in order to recognize these things. And so she was baptized and confirmed on that Saturday. The next Sunday was her first time going to Mass after baptism, obviously. And she was quiet the entire Mass. Here's a few things of just, I just want to share a few things of what's happened since her baptism, because life changed after that again for her, uh, the most important day of her life. But after her baptism and confirmation, the next day at Mass, she was quiet the entire Mass. And then at the moment of consecration, right after the consecration, she just made this little tiny baby coo. Like she knew, she saw, she, she sensed something happening. Uh, a few days after that, she was just staring at a crucifix. Did not take her eyes off of it for like two minutes straight. Staring at a crucifix, looking at the perfect love of God. And uh, a few days later, I was reading scripture through the Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. I encourage everybody to go read that. But I was reading scripture, and Napoli was like, read it out loud. So I was reading out loud. Zeli was zoned in. <laughs> she had her eyes fixed and was just listening. Um, one night, she had a, she was having like a scary dream. Napoli was holding her. Daddy was sleeping. But Napoli was holding little Zelly, and she uh, was like having like a bad dream, you know? Like she had that little baby uh, crying or frown face. And... Uh, so Napoli said a Hail Mary. And as soon as she finished the Hail Mary, Zelly was smiling. Still with her eyes closed and everything, smiling. <laughs> she turned from her frown to a smile. 
you know, one of the things that we love to do in our house is to uh, just bring up on YouTube live Eucharistic adoration. And Zali just stares at the Eucharist. This has been so amazing. It truly is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. We need need the Holy Spirit to animate our entire life, to recognize the things that has been revealed by Christ, to truly trust him, to be humble, to be childlike. Um, It's just been so cool to, to see that. And just also a reminder to us that we really need the Holy Spirit and just to be childlike, right? Just to be like little Zelly, innocent, pure, humble, and trusting. <laughs> and uh, and just leaning in on the Holy Spirit, just letting the Spirit guide us. And then um, she's also taught me a lot about the sacraments and about salvation. Just the profound parallels of the relationship of God and children, father to child, of salvation and the grace and sacraments. Um, just last week... Uh, we, I, I was just like reflecting on like, wow, Zelly cannot feed herself. It is literally impossible. She doesn't even know how. She doesn't have any of the resources to do it. She has no power to do it. Um, and, and it's the same thing with us. Like for salvation, what the, what the Christian life, what Christ promises us, what, what Christ promises us, it's impossible. We have zero power to do it. We don't even know how. We have zero resources to do it. What Christ calls us to here in this life and what he promises in the next, like powerless. We have no idea how, you know, just like little Zelly and little infants can't feed themselves. It's truly impossible. So to feed Zelly, it's a pure gift given to her, unearned, unmerited. It's literally just by the fact that she is our daughter. And, and guess what? Mom particularly mom, but all of us as loved ones, as especially mom and dad, we're ready to feed her. Whenever she's ready to receive, we're ready to feed her. We're ready to give. We're always ready to give, but she won't receive unless she's ready. <laughs> so even, even though it's unearned, unmerited, and she's powerless to even feed herself, she knows how to receive. And when she receives, that's when she'll receive, <laughs> you know? So she has to, in order for that that gift of food to be given to her, she has to be to receive it. That, and that's and that's not her earning it. That's not her doing anything for it. It's simply her just ready to ready to receive it. And that's exactly how God treats us with His grace, and particularly through the sacraments. You know, He feeds us with the Eucharist. Like God is always, always ready to give us His grace to feed us because we're His children. He's always giving. He's always ready. But and not that, and we have to receive it. But that's not earning it. That's not meriting it. That's that's literally just us simply receiving a gift that he's freely giving to us. So it's not a work to receive the sacraments. It's not a work to receive the Eucharist. It's a simple gift. We're just being children to simply receive a, a gift that is impossible for us to, to have on our own. It, we're powerless. We're weak. We can't feed ourselves, but God does. We simply receive as children the free gift of grace, the free gift of the sacraments, the free gift of his mercy, his love, his food, his gift of salvation. We simply receive as children. Um, and then kind of just like reflecting on growing up and of, of you know, how we want to raise Zelly too. Salvation, it's, um, it's so beautiful. Like as, and this is, this is what the Catholic Church means, like, when we're children of God, that's unearned, right? Because through baptism, through the grace of Jesus, through, we become children of God. So we, we are literally a part of the family of God. And so just as a child who, like, you know, it's a completely different relationship between uh, me and Napoli and Zelly versus me, Napoli, and some other kid, right? But Zelly's in our family. So she didn't earn 
our love. She didn't earn anything like that. She's simply our child. Um, she doesn't, when she grows up, she doesn't have to work for our love. She simply works from our love. And so she doesn't earn that love, right? She doesn't earn her, her status as our child. She simply is our child. And that's what we mean in, in the Christian life in the Catholic church. That's what we mean. Like when we're baptized, that is unmerited gift of God that we be, just became adopted children of God. Now we're in the children. We're the children of God. We're in the family of God. And now no more is it earning. We're working not for love. We're working from love. And that's actually what we mean by growing in merit and growing in maturity. We're not earning anything. We're just working with what's already been given to us, right? We're in the household of God. And we simply, we do chores. We do things that our father asks us to do by humble, obedience, childlike faith. <laughs> that's literally all that it is. We're not earning anything. We're working for, from love and not for love. We're working from our identity as a child of God and not for our identity as a child of God because that's simply already been given to us um, in Jesus. <clears throat> so, we are children of God that work from that identity and grow and merit, but do not earn that identity because just as Zelly, she naturally is my child no matter what. I, get, I will always unconditionally love her. So too, through us supernaturally being children of God through baptism, we just, we just work from that identity, not for it. We will always be God's children. And so, and when we grow up, we still want to grow and to know and to trust our parents just as we trust our trust God. We continue with that childlike faith, but we can walk away from God's family just as kids, us, me. I can walk away from my family, even though I'll still always be that child of that that child of my parents. And so being a child of God is a pure gift and it is so beautiful what it truly means to be childlike, to be like a child, right? Um, I love, and, and this is actually what the church teaches about the sacraments too. Like the sacraments are free gifts, but not, we don't always receive, uh, the, the grace that God wants to give us because we're not prepared. We're not, you know, we don't have our hearts disposed. We don't have faith coming to touch and to receive from Jesus. Uh, and the church actually goes to Mark five to teach about this. You know, it's the, the woman with a, with a hemorrhage and Jesus is walking, right? So it's this woman who suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and he, and she goes and touches Jesus and because she has faith and all these people are around Jesus and he feels and he senses power leave him and she's healed on the spot. And what I love about this is that the, the disciples turn and after Jesus is like, who touched me? The disciples turn to him and they're like, all these people are touching you. What do you mean? <clears throat> but this one was different. That's the same, same exact thing with the sacraments is that we have to go with faith, right? We're not just bumping into Jesus. We're not just trying to get something out of him. We're going to the person of Christ. We have faith. We believe in the person of Jesus. And what I love at the end of this is that she comes forward and tells him the truth. And in Mark 5, 34, Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. He calls her daughter. Why? Because the same way that she came up with faith in the person of Jesus, that she actually received the grace that God wanted to give her, same thing within the sacraments. But guess what she was being like? A child. She was being like a daughter, simply receiving. And so that's the same thing with us as the sacraments and the same thing with little Zelly receiving. She just simply receives. She's ready to receive. Whenever she wants to receive, her parents are ready to give it to her. And same thing with God as our Father. He's ready to give us all the graces that we ever need. We just have to simply receive. We have to believe in the person of Jesus. That's what true faith is. And, and the last thing is, is truly just being what it means to have trust in a person, to have faith in a person. And that's exactly what a child is like. 
that we have trust in the person because of who they are, right? So like a child trusts their mom, their dad, simply because their mom and dad, regardless of what they say. But when they grow up, they begin to question all the things that they say more than the actual person that's saying it. They begin to question all the words. So before they trusted the person regardless of the words, but now they only, they measure up all these words instead of trusting in the person, right? <clears throat> and that's why Christ is calling us to back to be a child. Um, I'm going to have a link to uh, uh, Father John Ricardo, his podcast of Acts 29. You were born for this podcast. In his latest episode, he released one as a recording of a homily of, uh, from Bishop Daniel Flores, He's a bishop in Texas now, but he was in Detroit and an auxiliary bishop, I believe, at a men's, at a men's retreat, talking what it truly means to be a child, uh, trusting like a child versus somebody who, uh, and trusting in the person more than just what they say, right? And this is so beautiful. I'm going to have that link, so you highly recommend it. It's a powerful, powerful homily. Father John Ricardo says he listens to it like two or three times at least in a year to just to go back to how profound it is. But... He tells the story, but also he ties it back into John 6, Jesus teaching on the Eucharist. All these words were tough. At the end of everything that he said, guess what they said? This teaching is tough. So they're listening to his words, right? But they're not, they're not knowing, they're not, they're not remembering. They're, they simply don't recognize who he is, right? Because what you're saying is too much for me. I'm listening to your words, like, right? I'm becoming this adult that measures up words. I'm not trusting the person. So then people leave Jesus, right? But, and Jesus doesn't stop there. He turns to his own disciples, his core apostles, his, his, his friends. And he asks them, do you want to leave too? And Peter, he's the one that's always like, you know, gung-ho of like, he wants to, he's trying to understand things his way. But this is actually his moment where he becomes a child again. He doesn't think of all the things that Jesus said. He goes back to the person and trusting in the person because of who he is. Therefore, what he says goes. Just as us as a child listens to this parent, then he says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life and we come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So Peter here goes back to being a child. I trust you no matter what you say because you are God, (laughs) right? And that's exactly what it is to be a child. We simply, just because mom and dad said it, that's what the truth is, right? And then as we grow up, we just begin to start questioning all these, all the words, all the things. Like, if it doesn't make sense to me, then I can just walk away. But when it comes to Jesus, who reveals the perfect father, we trust in the person because of who he is more than what he says. What we, more than what we can just fit into our worldview. Whatever Jesus says goes, because he is God and we trust in the person. That's what true faith is like and that's exactly what we learn from children, what it is to be a child, to have childlike faith. And that is just so been, it's just been so beautiful and profound to watch little Zelly in these 11 weeks. She has been wrecking me, <laughs> just teaching me uh, what it truly means to be a child of God most profoundly. Just simply receive, come as a son to God you come as a daughter or son to God. He's a perfect father. He's perfectly loving, always embracing, always compassionate, always listening. He's a perfect father, always ready to give. And so uh, on this uh, little bonus episode of um, this Father's Day episode of what it is to be a father and a child um, and what God has revealed to us, let's just end it with an Our Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you.